Merry Christmas Anchor Bend. Those in the room, those joining us online, thankful for technology, especially in times like this for those who need it. Uh, but thank God for Jesus and thank God for your pastors. Uh, they have become great friends to the Pelkey family. And uh, there is something special about when God connects friends. Uh, and who would have ever dreamed that that conference that day would turn into a fast-track friendship. Angel and I, our family loves the Kyles family. I'm sure you know this, but October is Pastor Appreciation Month. People all over the world will celebrate their spiritual leaders in October. And I know it's December, uh, but I think we could just have Pastor Appreciation for a moment all over again. Would you let the Kyles family know how much you love them and how much you appreciate them? Thank you for my props team over here, leading worship, decorating Christmas trees. She's pretty amazing. Uh, I, am, I am really looking forward to sharing the message today, a little bit about me. I am born and raised in Canada, uh, so if you pick up a little bit of the accent, I'm born and raised in Canada. People often ask me which part. I tell them my whole body, uh, but it's not funny. Uh, I do have four kids, as your pastor mentioned. My kids are 21, 18, 12, and 11. 21, 18, 12, and 11. I know that's weird names, but that's the names that Angel and I picked. Um, Brooklyn, Jalen, Eliana, and Micaiah Solomon, my little boy Micaiah. I believe we might have a, there's our family picture over here that we just took a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and on behalf of our family, our church, Merry Christmas to your church. Uh, what a year 2020 has been, but God has been faithful. And if you would have told us back in March uh, that nine months later, here we would be, still holding on to our faith, still seeing people getting saved. You know, a lot of people expected back in March uh, that we would be a statistic, that you would be a statistic. But here we are, nine months later, still believing in Jesus, still seeing the church move forward. And, be, and that's because God's faithful. He's faithful. Uh, before we go into the message today, how many, how, many of you, how many of you are ready for Christmas? Everyone ready for Christmas? Anyone, you still get a few gifts you need to get? You're not fully there yet these last few days? Well, there's quite a few hands still working on it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas today and the tree and gifts. Uh, speaking of that, it reminds me uh, with just really only down to these last hand, hand, handful of days, my wife, Angel, we're coming up on 24 years of marriage, and my wife, Angel, thank you, my wife, Angel, uh, has been leaving jewelry catalogs all over our house. Every room you go in at our house, uh, you're probably going to see a jewelry catalog, and so being the man that I am, come on, men, uh, I've actually taken the hint uh, and I'm getting her a magazine rack for Christmas. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not that's not funny. Uh, pray for me. Pray for me. I heard the joke. One of um, one of the guys in the hallway earlier. I've had several guys serving and helping, and they've been fantastic. But one of the guys in the hallway earlier was telling me that his wife has asked for something that comes in a little box uh, and goes around her finger, uh, and so we got her a box of band aids. Um, <laughs> Stop. 
Speaking of Christmas gifts, I heard the joke about little Lloyd. I love being a dad. I think there's something special about being a dad. So I love any type of humor jokes with kids and family and marriage. And speaking of, of gift giving and Christmas, I heard the joke about little Lloyd. Little Lloyd told his mom, said, Mom, you, you don't need to get me the PlayStation from my Christmas wish list anymore. And his, his mom uh, looked at little Lloyd and said, why, why is that, Lloyd? Little Lloyd said, because I found one in your closet. <laughs> yeah, I found one in your closet. I, I, heard, I heard the joke, I heard the joke uh, about two little brothers, uh, little Johnny and, and the same little boy, little Lloyd, and they had gone to their grandparents. They had gone to their grandparents to spend the night. And so when it was bedtime, little Johnny and little Lloyd got down by the bed and they began to say their bedtime prayers. Little Lloyd starts screaming, elevates his voice. Little Lloyd starts praying so loud. And in his bedtime prayers, he starts praying also for his Christmas wish list. And he starts praying, I pray for a new bicycle. His voice gets really loud and he says, I pray for a new PlayStation. Little Lloyd is getting into his prayer and he said, I pray for a new phone. Little Johnny nudges his little brother and he says, you know, you don't need to pray so loud. God isn't deaf. And little Lloyd said, yeah, but grandma is. <laughs> But I, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, from the youngest to the oldest, uh, families, uh, friends, make, make memories even in 2020. Don't make this a throwaway year. Uh, God is still in 2020. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to talk to you in the next 20 or 30 minutes on this subject. God with us. We're continuing this thought process and our scriptural belief that God is with us. Uh, and so uh, that is our message today. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 23 says, The virgin will be pregnant and will give birth to a son. They will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means, whether you're in the room or online, I'm asking you to lean in to this belief. It can settle you and stabilize you. It means God with us. What a reason for you and I to settle our spirits, that one simple reminder, God is with me. You say, Mike, I'm a college student and this year has been chaos, God is with you. You say, I'm a single parent, I'm just trying to make ends meet, God is with you. You, you say, uh, my family, we've been trying to figure out schooling and employment and everything that has come with, with this year, God is with us. God is with Anchor Bend. God is with Anchor Bend. He's here in our gathering today. He's online. He's, he's allowing the pieces and parts of whether it's the legacy offering or the new, new campus. God, God is in all of that. God is with, God is with us. I want to today take the Christmas concept as we know it. Maybe some of you like to walk through Christmas lights. You Maybe you are dating, or maybe you're married, or maybe you have children, and you like to go and look at Christmas lights. Would like you to take that concept. Others, you know, maybe you make gingerbread houses. You know, my kids just the other night were making their gingerbread houses. 
For, for some of you, you, you will get a gift, gift, you will open it. For others, you love to give gifts. I want to take the concepts that we know as Christmas, and I want to utilize those concepts with scriptures today and give you a few takeaways from whether or not it's the tree, the decorations, uh, the gifts. I want to take that today, and I want to leave you with what I believe God really wanted you to hear today been studying some of the facts and studies and stats on Christmas, and I believe that over the next 20 or 30 minutes, I really, really believe God's Word wants to speak to you today. I believe you'll be better because of God's Word. When you look at, when you look at Christmas, the first thing I would say, just as a foundation today, is that I believe it's a great reminder this time of the year. It should be every day, but this time of the year is a great reminder that God is a great gift giver. Maybe you know some people who aren't great gift givers, but God is a great gift giver. I went to Bible college in 1990, and this is my 30th year of some form of ministry, whether it's training or internship or traveling or pastoring. And I have seen so many people, there's a lot of gifts the Bible would talk about, but I have witnessed so many people receive amazing gifts from God. If I had time today to just step you through whether or not it's been trips to India and pastors' conferences there where they would sit, you know, 1,000, 1,200 pastors and we would plant churches or evening crusades where they were, you know, they told us it was tens of, of thousands of people there or whether I have visited, uh, you know, orphanages or, you know, as many as six in a day or if, or if we were to go to what they have their widows' colonies where where when people are widowed and they stay on a colony, and that's, that's one, one place that I've been to multiple times, but if we were to go there or we were to go to the DR or Guatemala or across Canada or Indian reserves or church plants or, or churches around North America that I've been in, and you were to witness the people that receive, there's a lot of gifts, but, but people that receive the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. I've stood in prisons and shared the good news of Jesus and watched as people with tears receive this gift, the gift of salvation. I've been in youth conferences and conventions and watched 16, 17, 18-year-olds that are tough and like, you know, I have walls with God, and I, but, but in a holy moment, in a holy moment, I have watched them make a move towards this free gift I'm talking about, and it changed their life forever. Person after person, how, how awesome would it be? It's, it's one thing when we talk about what God's done in the DR, Guatemala, or India, or Canada, or the U.S., or prison, or a church gathering last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago, but, but how awesome would it be even today like right now? If someone in this room or online received this gift I'm talking about, the gift of salvation, that means that God could take all of your mess, all of your problems, all of that pain, and God could take it and work it for good in your life. That while you're headed one direction right now, repentance means it's a turn, it's a 180. How, how great would it be if today, December 20th, that God changed the rest of your life? It's the gift of salvation. I believe that could happen for someone today. You know, another gift in the Bible is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, Peter said, he's telling them, repent, you can be baptized and you will receive the gift, uses that word, the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. I believe someone today could open up their heart, their life to more of the Holy Spirit. Corinthians would reference the, the plural side of the gifts of the Spirit, faith and, and healing and prophecy. And Corinthians would tell us there are gifts of the Spirit. You know, another gift that I'm thankful for is that the Bible says God has given all of us a measure of faith. That means that every single one of us have been given the opportunity to live by faith, to exercise, to utilize our faith. And so we start today by believing that God is a great gift giver. When you look in the natural, when you hear the word Christmas, some, some numbers I want to share with you, they say that just uh, annually in a, in a one-year span, there are about 10 million, everyone say 10 million, 10 million artificial Christmas trees that are sold. 10 million. If you look in the natural, uh, not just the artificial tree, but, but those that would take a saw or an axe or a hatchet and they're going to cut their tree down. That number, when you, when you look at trees that are cut down a year, that number is 30 million. 30 million. 98% of all Christmas trees are grown on farms. Only 2% are cut from the wild. In the United States, there are more than 15,000 Christmas tree farms. There are approximately 350 million Christmas trees growing on U.S. farms right now. Some years, over 45 million Christmas tree seedlings are planted by U.S. growers. It can take as many and as much as 15 years. This is really important. We're, we're going to take some practical principles of a Christmas tree and apply it to our lives. They say that a Christmas tree can take up to 15 years for it to grow and be ready. The average is six to seven feet for someone to go to a farm or to go to a lot and say, that's the tree that I want for my family, 15 years. Did you know, Anchor Ben, that a lot of times in the Bible, the Bible scripture would talk about you and I being a tree. I'm gonna talk about a tree planted by rivers of living water. I'm gonna talk about being rooted. It's going to say things like branches and vines and being pruned. Did, did you know that sometimes in our spiritual lives, we don't like the idea of 15 years? They say just an average tree is seven or eight. You know, a lot of times as individuals, we don't always want to hear that. We don't want to hear that for someone to get a degree or to get an education or for someone to work on their marriage or for someone to grow in ministry or for someone to mature in certain areas of their life. It could take some time. Our concept in 2020 is we want everything to happen so fast. And I just want to remind you today that sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes it's a process for you to continue to grow and be that man or woman that God is calling you to be. Did you also know on Christmas tree farms that they have entire staffs, entire teams that will go out and will shear or cut or trim Christmas trees so that they have this shape. It's not like Christmas trees just grow perfect and you're like, that's the tree I want. Somebody along the line 
has been saying, I'm going to cut this off, I'm going to change that, I'm going to trim this so that that family can come with their hot chocolate or their hot cocoa or their cute little scarf wrapped around, and they're like, hey, that's the tree that I want. Can I remind you today that even in our spiritual journey with God, there's sometimes, and maybe 2020 has been that kind of a year for you, where God is saying, I know there's more in you, and I really want to pull it out of you, and so I'm going to cut that off, and I'm going to trim that, and I'm going to change that, and it could be a relationship, it could be an attitude, it could be something that's been growing on the inside of us, and God is saying, I need to get that anger out of you, I need that offense to go away, I need to position you here, and I want to remind you today, it's not just the Christmas tree, it's the tree that you and I have in our lives that sometimes there is a better us, the better you, and the only way it can happen is for God to prune us, for God to work on us. When you look at the Christmas tree, they say that the first decorated tree hundreds of years ago, so I recently went with my wife Angel and our kids, we, we went to a hundred year Christmas celebration. So they had Christmas rooms, trees and rooms, decorated from every decade. Well, that's just a hundred years. This actually goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. But when I went to this Christmas uh, tree celebration, I, I'm going to be 48 in a few months, and I was so drawn to the room. So it started in 1920, 1930, 1940. I could not believe when I walked into the room of the 70s how much it brought back my childhood. The blanket on the couch, the design and decor of the room, the tree, I haven't seen this in years, but it had what they call tinsel all over the tree. It's these long, stringy, shiny things that they just like threw on trees and they're hanging over branches and it's all over the place, but, but that was the 70s. I went into the room with the 80s and I felt like I was a teenager again. If you trace back trees hundreds of years, you would find that it began by being uh, decorated with, here's just a few of them, with apples. They would decorate trees with apples. Some people would decorate trees with candy canes. They would take a candy cane and they would loop it over the limb and they would put a candy cane on their tree. Other people would use string popcorn. They would string popcorn. I, I see some people in the room nodding their head and Maybe online, you, you have some of these memories. They, they would string popcorn. Other people would, would string uh, cranberries or, or different kinds of fruits. That, that would make it on their tree. So some people, hundreds of years ago, would take pieces of foil. They would put it on the tree so that the lights in the room would flicker and reflect off of the foil. When you look at Christmas trees and some of the reasons why they would use candy canes. Why would you put a candy cane on your tree? Well, some people believe the red symbolized the blood of Christ, the white symbolized hyssop purification. You know, if you look back when, some people say the candy cane was invented to keep kids quiet in church. Hello, parents. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but I've read, I've read where some people say that's why candy canes were invented. You know, Easter, Christmas, highest attended of the year, and lots of kids in church services, and they would give them candy. I've got four kids. I understand, like, here's a piece of candy. Eat that. But, but they would put candy canes. Other people would say they believe it was actually like the shepherd's crook or, or, or the staff of the shepherd in the story, and they would put that on their tree, representing the shepherd's staff. 
Other people put angels on the tree. When angels came with the good news, the message, and, and let humanity know heaven is telling you you don't have to live in fear. Heaven is telling you you're not going to stay at a low point forever. Aren't you glad that heaven didn't leave us at the low point? Heaven showed up and said, you're going to have a son, call his name Jesus. He's going to save from sin. We're celebrating today God with us. And so some people will put angels on their tree. Other people will put a star. I know I can't see everyone uh, online. Maybe you can comment or, or say something in the chat. But those in the room, how many ever seen a star on a Christmas tree beforehand? Hands are going up. All you've seen a star on a Christmas tree. A lot of times people would use the star because they are reflecting on the fact that these wise men followed a star to a stable. They see the heavenlies, they, they see the star, and they begin to bring these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they bring them, they bring them to the family and to the baby Jesus. When you look at these trees and decor and wreaths and ornaments and stars, you look at all, all these decorations, some of them can become very costly. Very costly. I don't have time to get into all of the expenses of trees, but let me share a few of them with you. The first that I would share with you, and I've just been reading this the last couple of weeks, is, is the tree in the Rockefeller Center in New York. Maybe you've seen it on TV, maybe you've heard about it. When, when you look at the, the Rockefeller Center in New York and this tree, they say that this tree has cost thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for a tree. And people will travel and come from all over to see this tree at the Rockefeller Center. That is just the beginning of the study of trees. I'll just share a few of them with you. If you were to go to the St. Regis Hotel in Los Angeles, you are now going to go from hundreds of thousands to, to now you're going to move into millions. There is a tree at the St. Regis Hotel that has been valued in the millions and partly because they, at the top of the tree, take a $2.6 million emerald and diamond set and they place it at the top and just the value of this set alone perched at the top of their tree bumps the value of their Christmas tree into the millions of dollars. If you were to open the Guinness Book of Records, if you were to look at world records for Christmas trees, you would find that there is a tree that is found in a palace hotel in Abu Dhabi that the value of that tree, according to the Guinness Book of Records, is worth just over $11 million. $11 million. Last year, there was a luxury hotel in Marbella in the south of Spain that decided that they wanted to surpass this tree in Abu Dhabi and they made a tree that consisted of high-valued stones, pink, red, white, black diamonds, some of the most expensive you can find. And their tree, after appraisal, after assessment, their tree broke, here's the value, their tree broke 15 million. $15 million. Now I want to press pause today because I know whether it's Rockefeller Center or Abu Dhabi or Los Angeles or Spain, 
whether or not we look at these trees or maybe as your family, you're the one saying, you know, we like to look at lights or, or we, like, we like to go and see, you know, Christmas decor and design. I just want to press pause on this Christmas Sunday and remind you about a tree that's probably not in the $11 million range in Guinness Book of Records. It's probably not listed here as the $15 million tree that's found in Spain. But this is a tree that was carried up a hill a little over 2,000 years ago, and the weight of the tree caused this God-man to fall down because he had been beaten, he had been spit on, he had been rejected, but he made it to the top, and he hung on a tree, and they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet, and his name was Jesus, and he lasted all the way to the end, and he said, it is finished and he died for your sin and my sin and put our past in the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. And there is a tree called Calvary and called a cross. And I wanna press pause today for you and I to celebrate the goodness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. Come on, Anchor Ben. If it was not for that tree, you and I would not be here today but he saved us and he turned our lives around and he gave us hope and a future. Are you thankful for Jesus today? Are you thankful for the cross today? The most costly tree, most costly tree in history is the cross. Are you thankful for the cross? Maybe today, you resonate with some of those things I share about the tree. For other people, maybe you would say, Pastor Mike, I'm, I'm a Christmas card guy. I, I, I like Christmas cards. They say there's 2.65 billion, not million, billion, 2.65 billion Christmas cards sold every year. 50% of Americans are last-minute holiday shoppers. They like to do it last minute. Each year... $7 billion is spent on wrapping paper. I, sh I shared that earlier, and, and someone told me, said, I think I need to go into the wrapping paper business. $7 billion. The average American wraps 42 gifts per year. I, I am a gift bag kind of guy. It's just my gifting. Like, I'm good at putting it in the gift bag, tape the top right on the side with a Sharpie. I know that's not the best way to do it. That's what I bring. <laughs> but... You look at the gifts, the average person wraps 42 gifts a year. According to research, here in our last few minutes together, I want to share a few more thoughts. According, according to research, giving increases your happiness. So give, giving gifts, they say, and I'm just quoting, it lifts your mood, it elevates your self-esteem, strengthens your social connections, it lowers your stress levels. Now, before all these studies on gifts that I'm sharing with you, Jesus said it first. Jesus said it before the stat in the study. Jesus put it this way, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So maybe in this Christmas season, you say, Micah, I have had such joy given to legacy. You know, when, when, we, when we sacrificed, when we sowed, when we gave, I just felt so good that we gave into what God's doing now and next at our church. Well, you're, you're not abnormal for feeling that way. It's very natural. 
for you to have a great blessing that you sense when you give. Maybe you have bought someone some groceries. Maybe you've helped someone that you know was struggling. Maybe you was part of the outreach of Anchor Ben. And you're like, when I left there, when I walked away, I felt so free. I felt so full. Well, that is very godly for, for when you and I give. Those are some of the things that happens in our lives. When you look at giving, they say that women are the, are the more successful ones in finding gifts. That gift givers, women are just better at picking out the perfect gift. They say about 50% of recipients don't like the gifts they receive. 28% of surveyed respondents admitted that they recycle gifts. In other words, you get a gift and you're like, wow, this is a good gift for somebody else. <laughs> and you pass the gift along. Very interesting when I was reading the last few weeks that they say nearly 70% of people return gifts. They get a gift and they take it back. Even when I was reading that just the other day, I, I looked up the verse and read it all over just even to myself. I want to share it with you now, but I read it just to myself. The verse where it said that God's gifts and callings are without repentance. I'm so glad that God's not part of the 70%. I'm so glad that God is, is not thinking, you know, I'm going to give up on Micah or, you know, if he has a bad day or a bad moment or maybe even today in your own life. Aren't you thankful today that God doesn't give up on you? He, does, he doesn't think, you know what, I'm not really sure about that gift. I'm not really. When you look at gift giving, the number one, according to these studies, the number one in the last 10 years is gift cards. Anyone in the room or online, you like gift cards. You're like, you know what? Give me a gift card. Let me pick out my own gift. Anyone feel that way today? Here, let me give you some history on the gift card. The first gift card was created by Blockbuster in 1994. For years, it was considered a tacky gift. Now, it's a great gift. Most people enjoy getting a gift card. They say gift cards remain the most popular items on wish lists. Here it is. For the last 10 years in a row... One-third of people have received a gift card they never used. In the last 15 years, let me help you today, Anchor Bend. In the last 15 years, there is over $45 billion of unused gift cards. There was $3 billion in gift cards that went unused in 2019. Chipotle, Starbucks, Barnes & Noble say they collected nearly $100 million just last year from unredeemed gift cards. You see, you and I can receive gifts. You may open the card. You're like, wow, Starbucks, wow, Chipotle, wow. You and I can receive gifts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we use them. And that's just in the natural. That's for a vanilla latte. That's for a caramel macchiato. That's for an Americano. But what if today we take it a step further and we don't just talk in the natural? What if we just, just pause for a moment and look at the spiritual gifts God has given us? You see, it's incredible that God gives us gifts. When I talk about all these gifts earlier that he gives us, that's an incredible thing. But it is imperative 
It is important that you and I don't just get the gift. We need to use, to operate, to function in the gift. It's no wonder in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that Paul tells Timothy, for this reason, I ask you to keep using. Don't stop. Don't get stagnant. Don't get stuck anchor bend. Don't get in a rut. Don't get lax. Don't get lackadaisical. He said, it's for this reason. I ask you, keep using, keep using, keep using. It was worth flying from Ohio to Texas if there's one person that's stuck and the Holy Spirit said, I need you to go down there and tell them they can't keep their gift card in their pocket. They can't keep their gift card in their purse. They can't let 2020 cause their spiritual gift to get stuck. You gotta fly down there and tell somebody, stir it up today, stir it up today. Let the Holy Spirit begin to release that creativity and that vision and that faith and that joy and that peace. I pray right now in the Holy Spirit of God that he would stir up something in your life that has been going unused. May today be the moment that you stir it up. Paul told him, I said, I want you to keep using the gift God gave you. Came to you when I laid my hands on you and I prayed that God would use you. Said, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Keep using. Keep using. The King James Version would say, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. I just wonder today how many people in the body of Christ, wonder how many people in the church, wonder how many people at Anchor Bend have unused gifts. That God is saying as we close out 2020 and go into 2021, we could use you in hospitality. We could use you in first impressions. We could use you in outreach and missional opportunities. We could use you with the children and the students. We could use you in your company and your factory and your business. You could be used in the locker room and on your sports team. You could be used in the hallway of your work, in the lunchroom. I just wonder if the Holy Spirit was to go row to row, chair to chair, if the Holy Spirit was to come to your phone, your tablet, your computer, that screen right now, and say, as you enter into a, a new year, I gave you gifts. There's things on the inside of you that you are not operating at your full potential. Potential. I know you're 20% or 50%, but right now, stir it up today. I want you to take what's unused. I want you to take what's laying dormant or stagnant, and I want to place it in full operation in 2021. This region needs it. This state needs it. Our nation needs it. Our world needs it. Come on, local church. Come on, follower of Jesus. Let's take the gifts that he has given us and let's change our world for Jesus. Is there anyone today that would say, I'm ready, God. Come on, like right now, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. I'm ready, whatever it is. Help me to rise up. Help me to stand up. Help me to say yes to you today. I want you to use me, God. As we get ready to pray today, you can stay standing with me. Will you just say those words with me in the room and online? Would you say, use me, Jesus? Maybe just put your hand on your heart, say, use me, Jesus.
You know, sometimes even with a gift card, sometimes even with a gift card, everyone likes when they, you know, I don't like this. My wife is such a godsend with gift cards. When you have to check the balance. Has anyone ever had to check the balance on your gift card? So you call and they're like, press this number, press that number, press in 16 digits, scratch this, get the gray stuff all over your fingernails. All I'm like, what a racket. You know what I'm talking about? And they'll tell you, you have $50. Like whatever was on the front, you still have that. And you're like, whoa, thank God. Right? Have you ever, sometimes you'll call. Sometimes you'll call and they'll be like, you have $2.82 left. Has that ever happened? And you're like, oh. You know, sometimes in our spiritual journey, we're the same way. You would say, well, Micah, if, if you would have talked to me five years ago or seven years ago or, you know, if you would have called the number and was like, whoa, there's $50. But if you knew where I was at right now, December 20th, 2020, if, if you knew where I was right now, I'm $2.82. I, I, I've gone through a relational breakup or I've gone through hurt or if you knew the year that I've had, you know, you know, sometimes when I read those numbers, 45 billion, 1 million, all these numbers, I've also read where some people, if they just have a dollar, two, three, four, they throw the cards away. It's so, it's so small. They're like, I am not giving a gift card to someone with $3 on it. And they discard them. You know how dangerous, you know how dangerous, come on, Anchor Ben, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Do you know how dangerous that is? When you take that same mentality and you apply it to spirituality. You're like, I'm 50. How can God use someone who's 50? I'm divorced. I went bankrupt. I went through a broken relationship. I'm 72. You know how dangerous that is when someone starts saying, you know, I screwed around and done some things sexually I shouldn't have, and I had this addictive behavior, I messed up, and you know, I don't have the full gift card anymore, Micah. But can I tell you today, and I really feel the anointing of God right now, God can work with what's left. I don't know what's left on your gift card. I don't know in this holy moment whether you're saying, you know, I, I hardly have anything left, but let me remind you today of how well God works with what's left. How he can go into a widow and the, the widow says, you know, I just got enough to bake a cake and tomorrow I'm going to die. And God says, let me work with what's left. Or there's 5,000 men plus women and children and they're hungry and it's been days and there's a little boy with a lunch bag, just five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, let me work with what's left. I want to challenge Anchor Ben today. Let God work with what's left. I want to challenge you right now. I don't know what's on the gift card, but let him work with what's left. He can show up on a well with a woman that has had five broken relationships and she's on number six and that isn't going the greatest. And God said, if you knew who was talking to you right now, you would ask me and I would give you, we're talking about gifts today. He said, I will give you living water. You will never thirst again. I just feel in my heart right now, God wants to give someone living water. He wants to remind you he can work with what's left. He 
It's not over. It's not too late. You're not done. Jesus is here right now like he was for her, and you just need to give him what's left. Come on, anchor men, stir it up today. As you close your eyes and give me an opportunity to pray right now. Stir it up, stir it up. Come on, Jesus, hear my prayer today. Stir it up. Stir up gifts today. I don't know what's left, but stir it up. I don't know what's remaining spiritually on the card, but stir it up. Just like you did for Caleb, who was up in years. And he said, give me this mountain. I pray if there's someone up in years that's saying, you know, that's for the young people. That's for the younger generation. I'm, I pray you would stir it up today, that you can still do some amazing things for you. E- for them even right now in this season of their life. I pray for marriages who would say, you know, we were on the honeymoon stage years and years and years ago, but now we're just hanging in there. I pray that you would stir up marriages today. Work with what's left. Work with what's left. Work with what's left. I pray ministries and callings of people who would say, Micah, if you'd have talked to me back when, I really did feel like God was calling me to to have an impact and an influence in ministry, but I've done so much since then. But I pray right now in this holy moment that you would stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. We sang it earlier about hope, but I pray right now that the hope of God would find every heart that I'm preaching to. Find that chair, that row in this room. Find that person on that phone. Stir it up right now in the name of God of Jesus Christ. Some people, you you don't need a new gift today. You need God to stir up what he already gave you. Don't start praying, give me new, give me new. Let him stir up what you already have. And I pray right now, with eyes closed in this room, and if you're able online to close your eyes, if you're in a place where you can just close your eyes. Let the Holy Ghost go to work. Let the Word of God go to work today. Let someone know that you hung on that costly tree called Calvary. For them, for them, to save them, to stabilize them, to settle them. I pray for that person who's feeling like they're so lost, so empty, They check their gift card and they're like, Micah, I hardly have anything left. I am so weary. I am so weak. And I remind you today that his strength is made perfect, made perfect. I feel the Holy Ghost. It's made perfect in your weakness. I don't know what's on your card, but one thing I know, God is still in the equation. God hasn't left you. God hasn't abandoned you. God can work with what's left. And if you're ready in the room or online to say, God, I want you to work with what's left. If you need the gift of salvation, it's here today. If you need the gift of forgiveness, that healing, that strength, you don't write a check for this. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. He can give you the gift of salvation today. For other people, maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you know you know you have some unused gifts in you. And as we close out this year and go into next year, your heart is telling you right now, your mind is telling you right now, I wanna be everything, I wanna be everything that God's called me to be. In the room, 
If you know God's talking to you right now and you would just say, Pastor Michael, will you pray for me today? Will you just raise a hand right now? You believe God's talking to you. Thank you, these young men here. Hands there, right back here, this mom. Right over here, thank you. Right back here, sir. Right over here. Back here, thank you, sir. This family here in the fourth row. Anyone online, you can let us know. Pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor Micah. Pray for me, Anchorman. God, I thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy going to work right now. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for Calvary. I thank you for giving good gifts. Give someone a good gift today. Give someone a good gift today. Whether it's salvation, whether it's the Holy Spirit, whether it's a fresh start, whether it's a new beginning, give someone a good gift today. I see some of you even with tears. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit go to work in your heart right now. This can be a day that could change your life forever. Come on, let it happen right now. In the room and online, if you would say, Mike, I know, I know that I have some unused gifts. I know that I'm not fully, fully, fully following Jesus. How about right now we say yes? Why don't we just tell him, I'm ready to say yes, Jesus. Whatever you see in me, whatever you want for me, whatever you have for me, I say yes today. You could say it in the comment, just say yes. You could say it out loud to him, yes, God, yes, Jesus. In the room, if you're ready to say yes, why don't you tell him? Students that are ready to say yes. Teenagers, you're ready to say yes. Marriages, you're ready to say yes. Ministries. God, I pray over every person in this room right now. I pray over everyone via technology that's part of this message, part of our church family. We say yes to you today. Over this Christmas season, we're gonna give a gift to ourselves. And the gift is that we are saying yes to fully following Jesus. We're going to finish this year strong. And going into 2021, we want everything that you have for us and for our church. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.